to. <laughs> 2.0. Oh, All right. It. Well, thank you for coming on today, Michaela, for the second okay. time. Hopefully we'll be able to get through this one without the internet honking down on us. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. We'll get we'll crack straight into it. So you and I met at a real movement event. Yes. Um, it was actually like ago? yeah, like this time last year. Yeah. Um, when I couldn't even kick up into a handstand on the wall. I saw that post and I was like, I remember that day so distinctly. Like I was struggling as well, and now we're just like smashing it with our handstand. So it's crazy. Yeah. What Twelve months can do. All right. Well, today what I wanted to ask you about was um, your journey of how you started your business, Feel Alive, and then where it's kind of gone to from there. So when you first started, you had an eight-week-old bub and you got into the business. So why did you start your business? So I started it firstly um, because I wanted to be around mums, be healthy, and just be in a good environment that was obviously supporting some sort of growth and happiness just yep. a good environment. Um, so initially I actually tried to look around for mums groups and fitness classes that provided this already, but couldn't really find anywhere I felt comfortable to fit in. So I decided to create my own little fitness, mums and bubs fitness group. And it would, yep. wasn't, the first idea wasn't for it to be a business. It was actually just to have fun and be around other mums and train while being healthy. And that's all, yep. I guess, the intention was there for the start of it, um, which eventually led into be a, like one, we were the best mums and bubs, biggest mums and bubs fitness uh, business in our area. It grew so fast. I couldn't even keep up with it. It was so crazy. Um, and then now, I guess, five years later, we now have our own studio doing lots of different kind of holistic health some uh, modalities I guess you'd call them uh, yep. where we work with the mindset not so much fitness anymore like we still have the gym next door but we don't operate as a gym anymore uh, we do incorporate that into our programs and stuff but yeah work a lot alongside the health and wellness kind of scene now yeah and so when you went um, when you were doing your boot camps obviously somewhere along there did you expand into more locations or were you just in one or when did you make the when did you make the choice to go into a studio it's probably a better better question okay yeah well actually we did have different locations and that was just very messy because I didn't understand business very well I yep. could run one location but what was required to run one location was so different to running multiple with different trainers different babysitters all that sort of stuff so um that grew fast, but it also crashed very fast. So that was obviously a, a massive lesson for me. Um, but what the deciding factor for me was when I was to go into a studio was the fact that in winter it was freaking cold. <laughs> I was training outside in the boot like with our boot camp style in like pitch black, cold winter days or nights. And I was like, I've had enough of this. I wasn't feeling com- like comfortable out there. So I couldn't imagine they were as well. Um, so then that's when I decided, you know what, I need to really just invest in upgrading into a studio. Yeah. That was super similar with me. I had like, um, I was at a footy club and the same thing. I was outside and we had to walk like a hundred meters to go to the toilet. So when you've got toilet training (laughs) toddlers, that is not ideal. No. And then we'd have like a home game at the footy club and I'd be out there Monday morning at like 5am trying to like sweep all the broken glass off the area that we trained on. Yeah. There was a wedding there one time. We had button batteries. Like button batteries and kids is just like, so it was. Oh my God. That's like yeah, anxiety. Yeah. So that, <laughs> like I was really similar, like the same reason, just it was cold. It was uncomfortable. The kids couldn't be contained. Like, yeah, it just wasn't worth it. And then when you got into the studio, what, 
what kind of changed for you in regards to jumping onto more of a mindset and like holistic approach, as you said? Um, so it wasn't just, I guess, I've been following and doing mindset work for since I started my business, but it was only personal for my personal reasons because I knew like I, I was a single mum. I had a shit mindset. I didn't have any belief in myself. I thought I wasn't worthy. So all of these beliefs weren't supporting where I wanted to go. When I started my business, I invested in a business coach to help me with this, which then brought up, I guess, the beliefs that I had. So that's where I realized, oh my God, I got so much work to do. Once I started doing that work, everything in my business exploded. So it was like my income increased dramatically. I created a six-figure business so quickly just from fixing my mindset. Like it was incredible. So then that's what started me on my personal development journey, understanding the mind a little bit more. And I guess through my journey, I realized that there's so many people that are also getting held back by heaps of beliefs and heaps of things that they don't think they're worthy of. And it's really limiting them with their own life. Yep. So I guess I decided to start merging my fitness and mindset coaching together to help people get better fitness and health results. But I realized as well, it's so surface level you can only really help people on a physical level, like with fitness to a certain point, if they don't have that belief within themselves that they can, you know, reach their ideal body weight or become the strong mum that they are or whatever it is that they want to do. If they yep. don't believe that they're not going to achieve that. So it was, I think about two years ago, I studied NLP, which is like neuro linguistic programming, which is understanding the subconscious mind and how to get rid of all those beliefs. So when I studied that, I was like, I need to, incorporate that into what I'm doing because that's where magic happens cool yeah and now you you were saying that you don't really advertise as a gym anymore so what do you guys do now so we mainly or we do only do the mindset coaching now which is really cool um this is where we're most passionate about so it was a really hard decision for us to decide to close the fitness aspect down because that's what we spent like nearly five years growing so we're like, holy shit, like this is massive, obviously a huge shift. People know us as personal trainers. Um, but yeah, as of, yeah, since COVID hit, that's when we decided to primarily only go mindset coaching. Um, and since then, it's actually been absolutely amazing. So many amazing things have come from that. Yeah. 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 So like I met you last year, uh, about this time last year, so 12 months ago. Yeah. And since, I think we, since we connected then, to where I am now and just being in contact with you and just keeping tabs on what you do and trying to be somewhat involved with what you do. But I am a tight ass. I'm not, not sure like if I'm ready to understand how many limitations <laughs> I've actually <laughs> held on myself. But um, in that time, my business has gone six figures. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Which I'm the same as you. I just did it because I wanted to buy myself a car. Yeah. This, this, like this week, I'm signing the contract on a brand new car. So amazing. Yeah. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we like put a ceiling on ourselves. Yeah. I definitely 100% believe what you say that it, unless we're addressing the mindset, we can't help any of the physical changes or we could for a short period, for like eight weeks yeah. and then everything becomes undone. Exactly. So, so what kind of programs and stuff do you guys deliver? And, and I know you guys do like a 12 week intensive and why do you believe that it takes 12 weeks to see so many changes and stuff like that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, that, we do run a 12 week immersion, but I feel like truly, if you want to start making improvements in your life, it only takes one decision. 
Yeah. So one decision to make changes with your mindset, with your beliefs, with your limitations, and you can instantly make a change. As soon as you make that decision and that commitment, then it can instantly happen. But at the same time, you need to develop skill set to be able to adopt the person that you are becoming. Yep. So at the same time, you need to like firstly clear out all the baggage that comes with your past because we all hold on to that subconsciously, whether we know it or not. And most likely we don't know it, yeah. um, which is why it's all automatic programming that happens without us becoming aware. Like I was talking about this to you the other day, we take on beliefs and stuff from our parents without us even understanding, which is why a lot of people grow up to be exactly like their parents, even though they really don't want to. Yeah. They just don't know how to change. And it's not that they don't want to change, it's just they don't know how to. So I guess we give people that how in that 12 weeks. And yeah. from then on, it's just a life journey. I feel like it never ends and it won't take 12 weeks to clear everything. It's a whole process that will take you your whole life to figure out who you are. So it's like uncovering, it's like almost like an onion one, one week is like one layer and it's just continuous for, for the rest of your life, I believe. Yeah. So in those 12 weeks, you essentially like give us a tool belt of tools that we yeah. can use to, to progress on in our lives and be the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And um, with, with your own journey in regards to that, what are some of the beliefs that you cleared to help you get forward? Okay. So there's been heaps, but um, yeah. <laughs> so one, one in particular actually, which has just been, yeah, which is absolutely amazing is I always, cause I was a single mum, I always thought I wasn't going to be loved and I wasn't going to have a family cause no one would love me with a, with a child. Right. And that for me is like, that was one of my biggest setbacks because I thought that, you know, I would never find the person that I wanted to be with. I, I would never find that perfect man. And it's happened and we're now engaged and it's absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> but that, that's just one example. I cleared that up. Um, when I was doing my personal work, when I started my business, I didn't even have anyone in mind. I just cleared those beliefs up. And then it's so funny, not long later, I like Dan came into my life and it's just crazy how the universe works as soon as you start clearing up old patterning. But then another one was like, I never believed that I was capable of running a business and here we still are running a business. So if you don't clear the beliefs up in some way, shape or form, you'll start to sabotage yourself. And that's how I was sabotaging myself when I, first started my business because I still had those beliefs. I thought that I was going to fail. I thought that I was yeah. never going to make money. I thought that there was always going to be people coming and leaving, which actually was happening until I cleared that belief up. And then energetically, the results started speaking for themselves once I cleared that stuff up. And if you have other people in your life that are causing you to have, like, so like you said, your parents instill those beliefs from you or you instill those beliefs from your parents or yeah. you, you remember them as memories. Is that, the, is that how you say it? You remember them as memories um, almost? Or? They're not so much memories. It's more so, so from the ages of zero to seven, this is really um, interesting. And if anyone's listening, make sure you turn it up because this is so powerful. From the ages of zero to seven, that's when we are downloading literally everything from our environment, which means that, as adults, we have our conscious mind and we have our unconscious mind. And then there's this thing in the middle called a critical faculty, which stops. It's like the judgment. It's like where we decide to take it on as, as belief or if we don't. As children from age zero to seven, that critical faculty isn't there, which means everything in our environment is going straight into our unconscious mind. So if your parents yell at you at some point, if there's teachers that yell at you, if there's people around you, the TV, 
the news is on, a cartoon, whatever it is, are saying things, you are taking it all on as real, as a belief. So however you were brought up, whether it was in a really positive, supportive environment or whether it's in an environment that is, you know, full of maybe alcoholism or swearing or judgment or whatever, whatever it is, it's been taken into your subconscious mind and believed as true. So then when you grow up, that subconscious programming is your reality. That's what you believe to be true. Yeah. So if you're... If your parents, you know, basically, I don't know, yelled at you and told you, or like, you know, you finished a sporting game when you're like five doing little kickers and they, um, and they told you that you didn't do a good enough job. Is that something that would then be just be instilled in you in the future to come? Yeah. Yeah. And things like, um, oh, you're so annoying. Stop, stop yelling or stop talking. Like if your teacher tells you in class, you need to stop talking. You could take on a belief that talking is bad. So then you never speak up. Just yeah, something yeah, so, like, so simple like that. And so how do you go about almost protecting your child from having people like that in your life? Like, is there a way that you can counteract that with your own doing as a parent? Yeah. So what the best thing that you can do is just to be conscious of the language and the things that you say around your children, the things that they watch and the people that they hang around. And obviously we can only control what we can control. We can't control what people say in the shopping center that are walking past our children, but we can control the things that are within our control. So I think the best thing that you can do as a parent is to really firstly clear up your own stuff that you've got from your parents. Secondly, understand how to use conscious use of language to help your children grow up with the best possible outcomes. Yep. And secondly, just, uh, sorry, thirdly, just support the environment around, like being an environment around yourself and them that they are, you know, going to be in that positive, positive environment. So they're not going to be around people that are going to be carrying on and embedding those negative beliefs and stuff like that. Cool. So taking Jack to the gym every day is a good thing. <laughs> yes. A very good thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Jack doesn't watch TV at our house. Um, he doesn't very often. If he does, he's got like one movie he can watch at like for a period of time. So at the moment it's the theme is Lion King. So if he wants to watch a movie, he gets to watch Lion King. That's about it. Awesome. Um, and yeah. And we just, I don't know if we're strict or the fact that I just, I can't stand watching TV and I feel like there's better things to be doing with my time than watching a screen. Um, But I know that that's something that my parents always did. They always let us watch TV and like we were super active kids, like like I played so many sports, but I know that um, one thing that we did was like when anyone came over, dad would have a beer. So then I instilled that belief when I was older and I've now officially quit alcohol. And since quitting alcohol, my life has completely changed. Yeah. amazing. And and then the other thing that I I remember greatly as well is that, um, that it didn't really matter what I ate because like I would just burn it off. And that's something that I instilled in my life all the way through. And it wouldn't matter what food I ate because I was so active, I'd burn it off. So my parents literally instilled the belief, not to their knowing, you know, that I could out train a bad diet. It's taken me like (laughs) six years in the fitness industry to realize that I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But talking with you and with Dan and stuff like that, I've been able to understand where that came from. So not only does it come from the media and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff as well, like general, almost like programming from, from the 
from the, I don't even know where the world. Yeah. Um, and also from my parents, like instilling that belief that, oh, it doesn't matter. She's going to burn it off anyway. She's a kid. She's going to run around. Yeah. And so I definitely downloaded those beliefs and it's something that I've had to work really, really hard on to clear. Yeah. And so if someone wants to clear things like that in their life, what's, what, what can they do besides reaching out to you and getting on board with you? What, what else can they do to take some steps? Okay. So I guess the first thing is, is just identifying the beliefs that they have because you can't change a belief that you don't know that you don't, that you don't know you have. So yeah. I guess identifying and listing the beliefs that you do have, or if you, because these are subconscious, which is something that's stored in that like unconscious mind, maybe consciously we don't even know that we have the beliefs. So the best thing that you can do is look in areas of your life that you see you are not succeeding in and ask yourself why you're not succeeding in these. So having that awareness and just identify that those areas is probably the first thing that you can do. And then the second thing you can do is like either journal or write notes or think about ways that you can improve that. Yeah. Because this is subconscious, like you obviously want to work with the subconscious mind. So consciously thinking about it, consciously writing, consciously talking is only going to fix so much of it, but that is a great start to do. Otherwise, meditation, breath work, any sort of work where you're able to switch that conscious mind off and, you know, go into the unconscious, that's where you're going to be able to clear it all like really well. But a great start is just to become aware, just to become aware. And what we do is we do this thing called timeline therapy, which clears it instantly. So that's, that's the, yeah, because it's important to work with the unconscious because you can clear it instantly that way. But if you're consciously doing it, you've got to just be aware and do the work on it. Just be aware and constantly keep catching yourself up when you feel like you're going back to habits or doing things that aren't serving you. Yeah. And if you feel like, um, I guess, what's a way to put it? Like, if you feel like you're having someone else doesn't believe in you, like, and you take that on yourself, that's another thing that you would then have to clear, right? Like you'd have to identify that that's their belief and your beliefs are different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the best thing there is just like, and you're going to get it, you're going to get it. And it's easy to say, just don't be around people that don't support you. Um, but you still get people like that around you when, when you want to be, um, around that different environment. So what I would say is like, listen, listen to them. Don't be rude and just not ignore, like ignore them, but listen to them, but just choose not to take it on. And like, you can even say that to yourself, like in your mind, be like, okay, I'm hearing you, but I'm not taking on that belief. Yeah. 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 And it's almost like you're safeguarding yourself. So you're still yeah. doing it. You're still being their friend. You're still, you're still listening and acknowledging what they have to say, but you're not taking that on yourself. Yeah. 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 Cause you'll have, you know, for example, when I changed over to a company and a trust, I had to, I went and asked my parents about it cause my dad had set up a company in a trust cause he's an electrical contractor. Yeah. And when I asked my mom and I told her that, you know, we'd, we were, we'd hit over 75 K and I was actually probably gonna have to register for GST and save myself a whole bunch of tax implications. I was like, you know, what did you guys do? Did you use an accountant? Like, can I go to your accountant? Like, you know, and how did you set up your accounts? How does the trust work? And my mom was just like, I don't know. Hmm. And I was just like, excuse me. And she's like, Oh, I just, I just don't know why you need to like set this up. Like, do you really think you're going to earn more than that? Like, don't you think you can just get around it at tax time? And I was like, you know, cool, cool, cool. Like my grand opening of my studio, my mom and dad didn't even come. Yeah. Um, Stuff like that. And like, you know, my parents, they love me and they care about me and they support me in lots of other things, but I don't know if it's a fact that they, didn't do that themselves or if it's because you know i don't i don't really know what it is but it's really hard to 
have someone like my parents say like not come to my opening day yeah <laughs> and like try and safeguard myself from that belief or not let it not let it get to me yeah. so that's probably something else that I've had to work really hard through and I know that other people experience similar things like you know single mums for example um you know their parents might believe that they're never going to be able to hold a relationship down anyway because they're too hard maintenance or they have a kid or yeah you know do you know what I mean so yeah yeah so I guess, you know, even understanding when they're not actually directly saying to you that you're never going to hold down a relationship is understanding their behaviors and safeguarding yourself from their behaviors as well. I guess. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And like Dan's done a lot of work on this with his parents as well. And it's what the best thing that you can do is you can't change other people. You can't change their beliefs. You can't change how they respond to things or you can change is the way that you respond to situations. And I think the biggest thing, from this would be just to like again you're there and you're listening but just don't take it on and know that you're not here to serve them you're here to serve you yeah cool yeah all right well I think that was heaps of info and I think that's super helpful for my for my ladies um, yeah awesome and um, I'm super grateful for you giving me your time, especially when I couldn't get the computer to work. <laughs> That's okay. That's all good. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you so much. No worries, Jess. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's all right. And I'll, awesome. um, I'll, I'll chat to you soon. Yeah.